with us this morning. Excuse me as I get just a couple things ready up here on stage. I get my drawing pad up here without knocking it over. I hope everyone can see it. So we are in the middle of a series called Echoes. What Echoes is, is, is a, um, basically a study of the foundations of the Christian faith that were clarified during the, during the Reformation time uh, in the early 1500s. Obviously, the theology was in place well before the Reformation since Jesus rose from the dead. But uh, we are going over the five solas, which is basically solas is a Latin word that means alone. So we're going over the five core truths of the Christian faith, and this is what they are, as, just as a way of review, all right? So the first was scripture alone. Pastor Chris taught on that about two weeks ago. And then the, this past week was grace alone. Pastor Chris spoke on that last week. This week is faith alone. And then, so then next week is uh, glory to God alone. And again, Pastor Jake is going to be here speaking on that one. So if all possible, I want you to be here. I'm excited to have him here and to, and to listen to him preach. And just in case, if you absolutely cannot make it here, I believe Nate's going to video record that message, and it's going to be online, okay? So if you absolutely can't make it here Sunday morning, pull it up later that day so you can hear him. And then the, and then the fifth one, Pastor Bill's going to preach uh, in two weeks from now, and that is Jesus Christ alone, all right? So today we are on faith alone. Okay, so like I said last week, Pastor Chris spoke on grace alone. Grace and faith, okay, uh, they go hand in hand, but at the same time, they're separate. So it's hard to completely identify it, or let me say it's easy to get it confused if you aren't careful. So this morning, I'm going to draw a picture. My hope is that in this picture, this is going to help us understand how the two work together, grace and faith, but at the same time, how they're different, all right? So, when I tell the kids back in Upstreet, if I ever draw off the kids back in Upstreet, they know by now that I am not an artist. But I do my best. All right, I'm going to start our picture out with the word sin, all right? Sin. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's very clear. We all have sin. Every one of us. Every person who has ever lived on the earth has sin in their life. That sin keeps us from having a personal relationship with God, our creator. God is perfect, right? That sin gets in the way between us and him. Because of that sin, we are destined to hell forever an eternal separation from God. Nothing we can do about it. That is our destination. That's where we're headed, right? But God loves us way too much to let that happen. So from the very beginning, God had a plan. God had a plan to take care of that sin. And his plan was and still is Jesus Christ, his son. So God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus, down to earth. Jesus lived a perfect life. 
he never died. I mean, sorry, he never sinned. He most definitely died. <laughs> but he didn't stay dead. He came back to life again, right? Uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 says, And without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. So, God sent his son, Jesus, into the world. Jesus died on the cross. I'm going to draw some little droplets, all right? So this would symbolize the blood of Jesus being poured out for our sin. This is the only way we can have our sin forgiven. It was through the, it's through the blood of Jesus being shed on the cross for our sins. This is God's grace to us. We don't deserve this. We don't earn this. We can't get this at all on our own. This is God giving it to us because he loves us. That's it. We can't do anything to earn this. That's God's grace. I'm going to write grace up here. I'm going to put a circle around this picture. Because I'm going to leave a little gap right there. This little gap is a door. And this doorway has a name. And the name is faith. Faith. All right. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. If you have not memorized that verse, get it memorized. And that is a core verse of the Christian faith. Learn that verse. Memorize that verse. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. Okay. That verse makes it clear. For by grace you have been saved through what? For by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith, right? That's the doorway. This is the way that we can experience God's grace. Some people try a lot of different things. Some people think, well, my parents were Christians and my great-grandparents were Christians and I come from a Christian family. That's good enough for me. I can experience a perfect relationship with God forever based on my parents' faith. No, you can't. Some people think, well, I'm wealthy, so I can, buy, I can buy God's grace somehow. No, you can't. God has all the money he needs, right? Some people think, well, I'm really, really good. I'm very good. I can, I can experience this because I'm so good. No, you can't do that either. It's very clear. For by grace you have been saved through faith. There's one way. Faith is the only thing that allows us to experience God. God's grace. This morning we're going to talk about faith. Faith is taught a lot in the Bible. There's a lot. The Bible is packed full of important teaching we need to know about faith, which makes sense because the Bible is a book on faith, right? So it's packed full of examples and demonstrations and teaching on faith. 
the topic of faith could be a three-month series by itself very easily. Okay? I've got one Sunday morning. So I'm going to choose three things that I think it's critical for people to understand about faith, especially those who desire to have a personal relationship with their creator. All right? So I'm going to go through three things this morning. And the first is this. The first is faith equals belief plus action. Faith equals belief plus action. Belief and faith, two words that sound very similar. They sound like they're almost interchangeable. Even though they're kind of similar, they really are different. I found a definition on belief that I like. I'm going to read it to you here real quick. It says this. Belief is an opinion or judgment in which a person is fully persuaded it's coming to an understanding that something is true. Coming to an understanding that something is true. That's belief, but that is not faith. Okay? Faith is when you put your belief into action. Faith is when you put your belief into action. There's a lot of stories in the Bible that demonstrate a person having faith. I'm going to choose one. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's a story of three young boys all right, they were taken captive from Judah, and they were led to Babylon. Their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar built in a huge golden idol, and he wanted everyone in his kingdom to bow down to that idol. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were God-fearing, God-loving men. They said, not going to happen. Just not going to happen. I'm not bowing. King Nebuchadnezzar was furious, right? So he calls him into his palace, and he says this. When he meets Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he says, So these men were brought before the king. This is out of Daniel chapter 3, verses 14. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego re replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Man, I love this story. Here's these three young men faced with going immediately into the fiery furnace being burned alive. They believed God could keep them safe. They believed God could keep them safe. That wasn't faith. Their faith was not bowing down to the golden idol. Because at that point, they're putting their belief into action. Right? They demonstrated faith when they'd refused to bow down to the golden idol. King throws them into the furnace. They don't burn. They don't even smell like smoke. The Bible says not a single hair on their head was burned. Right? They demonstrated faith. 
by refusing to bow down. Right? I'm going to put it one more way for you. Some of you here at Great Oaks go to work every day and you drive over a big bridge across the river and you go to work and you drive over this bridge. Right? You have faith that that bridge is going to hold you and your car and the semi-truck and the trailer behind you and all these other cars up over that water. Right? That's faith. But if you believed that that bridge would hold you up, and you lived your entire life on this side of the river, and you never went on one of those bridges. That's not faith. That's just belief, because you believe those bridges will hold me up, right? The, the bridge is going to keep me safe. You practice faith when you drive your car out on that bridge. You practice faith when you drive out there, and you look down 50 feet, and you see this cold, running water that could swallow you and your vehicle alive, never to be heard from again, right? You put faith in that bridge and the designers of that bridge and the people who built that bridge that is going to keep you safe. That's your faith. All kinds of people believe in Jesus. Lots of people believe Jesus lived and died on the cross. Many of those same people believed Jesus was God's son. James, in James chapter 2, says, you believe there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. That's belief. People can believe that God sent his son to earth, died on the cross for their sins, but not put their faith in him. Faith takes place. When you express to God, I am trusting you, God, with my spirit, my soul, my life for all eternity. Come into my life through the blood of Jesus Christ, and I give you control. I'm putting my faith in you. That's faith. Point number one. Faith equals belief plus action. Let's go to point number two. Point number two is, faith will produce good works. Faith will produce good works. Don't be confused with what I just said. Because there's a lot of teaching in our world that says, faith plus good works allows you to experience grace. Eh, wrong answer. Faith will produce good works. There's a couple of verses I want to read here. James, all right, actually, before I get to this, some of you who know your Bible really well will say, but Dan, there's a verse in the Bible. And that verse in the Bible directly contradicts what you just said. And I say, it doesn't, but it sounds that way at first. So I'm going to read you this verse because I know somewhere you either are aware of this verse or you're going to learn this verse or someone's going to tell you this verse and they're going to take it out of context and they're going to make, something say, make it say something it doesn't say. Okay? And that is James chapter 2, verse 24. 
But before we get to verse 24, I want us to start in verse 14. Follow along. This is 11 verses. I'm going to read this to you. And then we're going to touch on verse 24. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. Listen to verse 24. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Well, that sure sounds like he's saying you've got to combine faith with works to experience God's grace and to be declared righteous in God's sight. That's what that verse sounds like. But I think in this context, it's very clear what James was saying. I think that James was saying your faith must be accompanied by works or else you don't have faith but nowhere do I hear James saying it is not only faith that leads you to experience grace in God's life let me say it again faith is demonstrated by your works if you don't have any works then you clearly don't have faith but it's not your works that allow you to experience God's grace. It is your faith that allows you to experience God's grace. I think Paul, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, completely agrees with that statement. If we read Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says this. Let's start in verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Paul here talks about how we are not saved by works, but we're created to do good works after we put our faith in him. So I believe we, that if we had James up here and if we had Paul up here on stage today, and they were sitting in chairs, and we got to have a little question and answer time with them. I could ask Paul, Paul, do you believe that we are only saved and only experience grace through faith? I think Paul would say, absolutely. If we asked James the same question, I think James would say, 100%. But James, in his letter, takes it a step further. And James says, but this is how you know you have faith. By the works that you do. If you don't have works, then you don't have faith. So friends, how do you know if you have faith? Easy answer. By your good works. You aren't saved through your good works. 
You're saved because you put your faith in Jesus Christ. But you know you have faith by your good works. Let me give you some examples. What kind of language do you use every day? What kind of things do you say? You talk like the world talks. Profanity, gossip, slander. Or do you consider what God teaches us in his word, how we, as those who place our faith in him, are to use our language and how we're supposed to talk, right? How do you spend your money? You spend your money on things of the world all the time, consumed with getting materials of the world, or do you spend your way, or do you spend your money in a way that pleases God? How do you treat each other? You treat your, do you treat each other like it's so common in our world? Or do you treat each other the way God tells you that those who are followers of Christ should treat each other? These are just a few examples to help you understand that if you say you place your faith in Jesus Christ, but you don't have works to back it up, you obviously don't have faith. You can't claim to be a follower of Christ and live exactly how the world is and not be separate and not, and not have these works verifying that you put your faith in Christ. That's what James is saying and that's what I believe. If you and I claim to be a follower of Christ, our good works, our life is going to reveal that we've put our faith in him. Point number one. Faith equals Belief plus action. Point number two. Faith will bring about good works. I'm going I'm to complete this picture up here. So we have this door. Not really there. I don't have a whiteboard. I have a piece of paper. But I'm going to scratch out this, this right here. Right here is another arrow. This is faith. I mean, this is works. Good works. This is what we experience. This is what we experience after we experience God's grace. Because we've experienced God's life or God's grace in our life, we then show our faith by the good works that we do. I got one more point this morning. And it's point number three. And it says this. Faith is a gift from God. Faith is a gift from God. Think about that for a minute. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. But let's keep going to verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's that... It's that uh, final phrase there in the end of the first verse though I want to highlight it says it is the gift of God if you need a few more verses to really believe that faith is a gift of God I'm going to point out a couple more to you 2nd Peter chapter 1 verse 1 says Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours 
This verse shows us that Jesus Christ gives us our faith. And then Acts 3.16 says, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Faith is a gift from God. I think about that. You can spend a lot of time thinking about that topic. We are required to have faith in order for us to experience God's sin. But even the faith we have is a gift from God. Why is that important? Because the end of Ephesians chapter 2 says, or Ephesians 2.8 says, so that no one can boast. So that no one can boast. God allows us to experience faith. He gives us that faith. We can't possibly have faith without God giving it to us. Romans chapter 3 makes that clear. You can go home and read that chapter. It shows us we, are, we cannot seek God on our own. We cannot seek God on our own. We are too spiritually blind and spiritually dead. God puts faith inside of us, allowing us to experience his grace. You know why? Because otherwise, there'd be people going around going, yeah, I have faith. Look at all this faith I mustered up. You know what that means? It means I'm better than you. Right? I can have all this faith. Look at me. I'm such a man of faith. So I have this great relationship with God because of what I can do. Now see, God makes it possible for us to have faith because God will receive all the glory. He will receive all the praise. He will receive all the credit for our salvation. We get none of the glory. We deserve none of the glory. We are sinners separated from God. Destined to hell, but because he loves us so much, he places faith in us so that we can experience his grace and his forgiveness and turn our lives around and have a relationship with God, our creator, to worship him on earth and to worship him forever in heaven. Wow. Why? Because God loves us. That's it. Because God loves his people. That's it. As I close, I'm going to ask you a question. In whom or where is your faith? In whom or where is your faith? Friends, I've been at Great Oaks for 12 years. I've talked to a lot of people inside Great Oaks and outside Great Oaks. And I talk to them about spiritual matters. And oftentimes I ask for their testimony. And many times I hear them say, not all the time, right? But many times I hear them say something like this. I've just always loved Jesus. I've just always loved Jesus. 
as lovingly and respectfully as I can, I say, no, that's not true. That's just not true. We were born sinners. We came out of the womb rebelling against God. We came out of the womb ready to do our own thing, determined to fight for number one. I'm taking care of me. We haven't always loved Jesus. If you're here today and you're a Christ follower and you've put your faith in him, then at some point you understand this message. At some point God made it clear to you that you're a sinner and that you are destined to hell. But he loves you so much that he gave the ultimate price. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that your sins can be forgiven. At some point, you understood that and you placed your faith in him. Where is your faith today? And whom is your faith placed? Several years ago, I was listening to a message on the radio. It's by a preacher I like to listen to. His name is James McDonald. He had a quote in there that I've never forgotten. And this is what he said. He said, if you don't know your conversion story, you probably don't have a conversion story. And I've never forgot that. I'm going to say it in my own words today. If you don't know when you've placed your faith in Jesus, you have probably never ever placed your faith in Jesus. For me, I was a young boy. I was sitting in a Sunday school class in Houston, Texas. The Sunday school teacher was a family friend still to this day. We call her Aunt Jan. She taught us about this message today I just talked about. And she went around the circle and she asked us, she asked if anyone there wanted to ask Jesus into their heart. I didn't want to at first. I was too scared to do that in front of my friends. I went up to her after class. I said, you know what? I really feel I need to do that. So she stopped and she prayed with me right then. I was a little boy. Quite a while later, I was still working through some things. I talked to my mother about it, and I again prayed with my mother to receive Christ, right? And she explained a few more things to me. But I knew at that young age, God had showed me I had sin that needed to be taken care of, right? God put faith in me, and I began to follow Jesus Christ that day. It's been ups and downs, right? Ups and downs. But at that day, I know, I began to understand the great love of God in my life. Where's your faith today? Have you, can you identify a time in your life where you say, yep, that's when God showed me. That's when God opened my spiritual eyes. And he showed me I'm lost. I got sin that needs to be taken care of, separating me from him. But he gave his son Jesus to die. And I placed my faith in him that day. Have you done that? Can you recall a time, a time in your life, a day, a month, period of your life, something where God opened up your eyes? If you never have, it's no accident you're here today. All you got to do, pray quietly in your heart right now. Say, God. God, I'm a sinner, and I don't know that I've ever come to you and placed my faith in you. I know about you. I know what you did. I know you love me, but today, God, I want to tell you, I am 
I am confessing my sin, and I ask for your forgiveness, and I'm putting my faith in you today. Take my life, God, and just be in charge. Do that today. And if you do that today, I want you, please, please contact a staff member here at church, me or Nate today, or a staff member this week. Call us up. Send us an email. Talk to us after church. Stop by the office. Do something so that we can celebrate with you. We can pray with you. We can help you. We can get you plugged in and get you growing in the Lord. Friends, man, that, that's it. I mean, faith in the Lord. You can't make a bigger, better decision in your life. That's it. Have you done it? Man, I hope so. I pray so. I'm going to ask that you stand up with me. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to turn it over to the worship team. They're going to come out. They're going to lead us in one final song. Pray with me, please. Dear Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. God, we didn't deserve it. We still don't deserve it. But you love us so much that you gave him to us to die on the cross for our sins. Oh, Father, thanks doesn't even begin to appreciate my heart, and I know the hearts of many people here today. But God, we thank you, and we love you, and God, we ask that you be in charge of our lives, of our church. Cause each life here to be a, a shining light for Jesus Christ in our world. And God, if there's a person here today struggling with this decision, God, may you speak to them. May they hear your voice so clearly that they can't say no. God, we love you so much and thank you for this great privilege of thinking about and considering faith. God, we love you in the name of Christ. Amen.